In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. There's no one I'd rather have on in this world than Jason Mastronado. Nobody, nobody in this world than Jason Mastronato got rave reviews the first time he was on. A lot of lot of buzz. People are saying, "Who's that guy in the Bay Area that knows so much about so much?" So, congratulations, Jason. <laughs> oh my God, the best introduction uh, of all time. I don't, I don't know if any of it's true. Well, what are facts anymore, right? <laughs> in fairness, I just did the exact same introduction for Mickey Janice in, in yesterday's podcast. So, uh, um, but uh, no, he's like you. You did a good job last time. So, and and I know that you are articulate, you are smart, you are informed, and you also just happen to live in an area which I'm intrigued by, which is the Greater Oakland area, like. Is there a, is that the a Bay Area? Do you actually live in the Greater Oakland area? I don't even know. No, I live in the Bay Area, which includes Oakland and San Francisco and San Jose and okay. Napa. I guess I don't know. Maybe people would say not. I'm still I'm still figuring that out. This is only my second year here, but uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very. The, I think the Oakland A's are one of the most interesting teams in baseball this year. It's like every month something new comes out that kind of causes you to put your jaw on the ground it's like yesterday i mean <laughs> i'm sure you want to get right into that yeah, yeah. Well, i had all these things this let this go let's go go ahead go <laughs> yeah yeah I, so yesterday we the john shea from the san francisco chronicle who does a great job covering baseball out here um had a report that uh uh the a's and president dave cavill are going to meet with officials from the city of oakland and alameda county on thursday to discuss a lease extension at the Coliseum. So now, after basically burning every bridge they had, it seems like in Oakland, um, you know, not having a fan fest since 2020, um, not, you know, being one of the only teams in baseball not to have a City Connect jersey, it almost seems like they're trying as hard as they can to disconnect from the city of Oakland, knowing that. 2024 is the final year of their lease at the Coliseum. They just need to make it through this year and then they can be done with this town after 67 years uh, and, and say goodbye and, and move on to something else. And now actually, wait a second, they're negotiating to stay here um, and not just for another season. Uh, uh, I was told that it would be until their Vegas ballpark is ready, which at the earliest would be 2028. It does seem like there are some, there's some hesitation of whether or not that ballpark will actually be open in 2028. I know Rob Manfred said a, a week or two ago he would be very disappointed if it wasn't. Um, but 
you know how these things go. Sometimes they take longer than expected, and the A's don't really move quickly on things generally. So um, they could be at the Coliseum for a while. It's, oh. They've already been having discussions with with uh, with city officials, and it seems like maybe they'll be in Oakland for another four or five years. Well, it's 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 diff- two different things to be in Oakland and to be at the Coliseum. And I understand even if you build a new stadium in Oakland or around Oakland, you're gonna you're gonna have to play at the Coliseum a little bit longer. But don't don't stay at the Coliseum longer than you have to. As as I've said, I think it's I'm I'm bad at a lot of things. But one analogy I gave, which I thought was spot on, it's like a CVS that's going out of business and the stock and the shelves are 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 being not being stocked. And it's just depressing. Like that's go. You've been to the Coliseum. I've been to the Coliseum in the last couple of years. You know, it's like you have possums in the in the ceiling. You have windows that don't work in the press box. You have you know whatever it is. You you do have you, have, you, have, fa- you, you do have food. Yeah, truck. there's a couple of food trucks. You have you have fans that are that are hanging signs in the outfield that say selfish or sell, and you know chanting about how much they want their owner to sell the team, and that is their most vocal. Uh, part of their fan base is the part that doesn't want the team to be here under this ownership. And so, um, you know, here's the most telling thing. Okay. The most telling and tell me if you've ever heard this before uh, of this kind of promotion, because I've never in any sport heard of a team that needed to do this, to sell tickets to opening day, which is like one of the hottest tickets in baseball. The A's, for a while, had a promotion: buy one get one free to opening day. Have you ever have you ever heard of anything like that? No. Oh, forget opening day. I don't know if I've ever heard of a buy one get one free for any major league team at any time. Yeah. <laughs> it, so that's where the A's are at right now. They've you know they had about ten thousand people a game last year. Um, every other team. Uh, it was like 26 out of 30 teams um, saw increases in their attendance last year. The A's were one of them marginally, um, but, but 10,000 people per game was 4,000. Uh, sorry. Yeah. 4,000 less than any other team. Um, it, it, they're struggling, obviously we know that. And like you said, the Coliseum is beat up. Uh, it, I think it's, it's crazy to think about this team staying here in that Coliseum for another four or five years. I, I, but what are their other options, Rob? Right. Well, I, mean, we I was want... going to ask you. Yeah, so this ahead. is where I want to ask you this. So, in the last couple of weeks, we have you know, the ill-advised comments from the Las Vegas mayor, you know, saying, <laughs> you know, basically insinuating, and she backtracked a little bit. Hey, if Oakland could get it sort sorted out, they should stay there because she's correct me if I'm wrong. Now she she's getting heat from or the Nevada Teachers Union doesn't want them building a stadium. They're like they don't want to. The fund Teachers that. Union. Yeah, the teachers' union is. I, I don't think people realize the legitimate threat that the teachers' union could be to this entire deal, because as we're seeing, and, and I think it was yesterday, the day before, in Kansas City, where uh, the Royals announced that they're what, the location of where they're trying to do, do this new ballpark. And I know the Kansas City Star had an article a couple of weeks ago about this could cost taxpayers between four and six billion dollars. Um, to get this done, and we're you know we're at a time where public school systems are 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 hurting for for money, and Nevada ranks 48th uh, in funding for their public schools, and and they really have a compelling case to influence public opinion. And why does that matter? It matters number one because 
they're trying to collect signatures to put this on a ballot in November, which means taxpayers would and voters would have a chance to say, no, we don't want to fund the stadium. Um, if they could get enough signatures by June, that could be on the ballot in November. The second piece is they have what seems to me, and I'm not a lawyer, but what seems to me like a legitimate case that they're suing, uh, they're suing uh, the city for um, for this deal to fund $380 million for John Fisher Stadium because when the bill passed, it did not pass with a supermajority. It passed with a majority, uh, but they did not have a two-thirds vote. And in the Constitution of Nevada, you have to have a, a supermajority to add any new uh, taxes. So they're also suing on that regard. So the teachers union, Rob, don't discount them. It's not just a bunch of, you know, happy-go-lucky teachers just saying, we don't want the ace here. This is uh, this could be a legitimate threat. I, I took it that way. I absolutely took it that way because all the things that you said, it's anytime you build a stadium, there should be an outcry like, is this worth it? Because we've seen so many stadiums being built and then oh it's gonna it's gonna mean so much to the area around it and jason you and i have been to enough cities where that's like the sad trombone i mean detroit has a bunch of casinos around it cleveland has a bunch of like closed everything around it this wasn't this isn't always like camden yards what camden yards did for the inner harbor um so that's the pro i would it doesn't surprise me at all so if there is this roadblock and is there, and when I heard this, like I'm like, oh, is there going to be a pivot back to Oakland? Is there? Forget about the Coliseum. Is there a chance under this ownership that they could actually build a viable park in the Oakland area, in the Bay Area? I think there's always a chance. I mean, it it, it comes down to to desperation. It seems like the A's over the last decade have done everything they can to almost negotiate uh, to, to negotiate with anyone to gain leverage, right? Like even right now, even the last couple weeks, they're in Sacramento turning, touring a triple A park that holds 14,000 people. They're in Salt Lake city at a triple A park that holds 15,000 people negotiating with city officials already in Sacramento and Salt Lake city to talk about what it would mean to go there while also still negotiating with Oakland. So it seems like they have a way of constantly trying to gain leverage uh, and, and negotiating one city or one idea against another. So I don't think it's ever really closed until it's closed here. Um, you know, the, the Oakland mayor seems like she really wants to have a baseball team here. I don't know, you know, what for public comments are going to match up with the actions of the city and what they want to do, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that, uh, the, the A's end up coming back to Oakland and, and building a ballpark here under this ownership group. Maybe that's a little bit more far fetched. Maybe um, John Fisher would sell the team before that would happen. Um, he's indicated no plans to explore selling the team and, and doesn't want to at all. Uh, and it seems like the valuation of the team would go up drastically if they moved to Vegas. So I think that is certainly his priority, despite what the mayor of Las Vegas said that she doesn't think, Fisher actually wants to move to Vegas that he, she thinks he actually wants to be in Oakland uh, at a waterfront ballpark. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's a chance the A's could end up back in o Oakland in a new ballpark. You never know with this thing, but uh, it's not, you know, it, we're not going to find out tomorrow. That's for sure. So last year it was depressing going through that season, except for the, the blip, which was 
that when everybody showed up, the thirty thousand people showed up. What was that? That was the, it. Was the uh, it was the reverse boycott. The reverse and they were boy- on a seven game winning streak and won like in dramatic fashion that day. Yeah. It was yeah, probably the best day Ace fans will see. Yeah, but every everything else about it, it now it feels even worse because I felt like it like everything was unfolding as it went. Everyone knew it was bad, but then it's unfolding, and now you've landed at a place where they're touring minor league parks. You know, you still have the Vegas thing there. There's no solutions, uh, in at least right now in Oakland. And and you don't have a team, like a team that is is oh my goodness, I gotta go watch this team. Every Mark Kotze, God bless him, is saying yeah. all the right thing. I mean, can you imagine? Like, can you imagine? It's and so my, my question I guess I have for you, Jason, is what is what is the vibe? Like what is what is the vibe as spring training starts? Is it just apathy upon apathy upon apathy? What is it like? Yeah. Well, it, it's for the fans. I think it's the it's not apathy. I think they're fired up to they're they're they want revenge almost, right? I mean, they're already planning to boycott opening day, but not just by not going. They want to go to the parking lot, hang out in the parking lot, not buy a ticket, not go in. So they're going to have a parking lot party at the Coliseum on opening day while the people who bought their buy one, get one free tickets uh, are walking in next to them. So, you know, they're still, they're, they're coming back at the A's. The A's aren't having a fan fest. Okay. The fans are having their own fan fest on Saturday uh, here where they have some former A's players who are going to be there. Um, It's not apathy. It's, it's anger. You know, they're encouraging season ticket uh, holders to not renew this season. Um, they already did that in the off season. They encouraged them to instead donate to the teachers union, which some people did. I saw on Twitter. Uh, so it, I, I don't think it's apathy. I think it's it's anger, it's revenge, and these are hopeful fans. You know, the one thing I've noticed from interviewing them and being around them the last year is they don't give up hope. And until the, the phrase they keep using is until there is a shovel in the ground in Las Vegas. Um, they are still going to believe that somehow the A's will remain in Oakland or John Fisher will be forced to sell the team or a new ownership group will come in or something will happen. Uh, and from a player perspective and a clubhouse perspective, I give Katze a ton of credit because that was, I mean, gosh, one of the worst teams in baseball history. They lost 112 games, which is the 10th most in baseball history. Uh, they had the 29th ranked ERA in baseball behind only – or in front of only the Colorado Rockies. They had the 30th ranked OPS, the 30th ranked runs per game. Um, they didn't really have any interesting players last year until uh, one of their top prospects, Zach Giloff, came up and was amazing. Um, the second baseman, who I think is going to be a really good player and might end up being the first player to get a long-term contract in Oakland if they do end up moving to Vegas. But uh, now they have some more interesting players this year, some young guys who, who might come up and, give Kotze something to, to really, you know, feel good about, but um, it is, it's a tough environment. It's a tough environment for the players. I really feel for them. And, and it's no wonder guys just don't want to sign here for the most part. Well, I mean, the, the reality is that we, we can, we can tell oh, you got good young players or whatever it is, but guys don't want to sign there because there's zero chance of winning. Like it's, it's right. the, it's the one I'm trying to think. It might be the one team where you just say, no chance, like no chance. No chance. I no. mean, you can. Yeah. I I can go down the list of the odds. Like the it used to be like I think the Nationals were neck and neck with them, but Nationals actually could be decent. The Pirates could yep. be decent. Yeah. Um, you know, the Rockies could be decent. 
you know, all yeah. of these things. But it's there's there's so few and far between of of players that 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 people are gonna. I got the Brent Rooker jersey. You know, it's like there's yeah. What's, yeah. what's what's the draw? I mean, that's that's the and it wasn't that long ago, Jason, where yeah. You had all these guys who are our good players. And and I think that's yeah. another thing. I think we talked about it last time. I like David Forrest. I do. but And I think his hands have been tied a lot. But they haven't been able to take advantage of the turnover, right? Right. Exactly, yeah. They struggled, right? I mean, they lost Matt Olson and, and Sean Murphy and, and Marcus Semien, and, and they really don't have much at all to show for it. I will say their most recent trades, they've done a little bit better. The Frankie Matas deal, they got – um, JP Sears and they got uh, uh, Ken Waldachuk and they got uh, Louis Medina and they, they've got some pitchers. They got this guy, Joe Boyle, they got from the Reds last year who throws like a hundred something and could be interesting. But yeah, they don't have any like bona fide studs that they got with all their players that they lost and their farm system rankings are pretty bad. I mean, it, the Athletics, Keith Law ranked them 30th. Uh, ESPN has them 25th. Um, they only have one top 100 prospect, a guy they signed a couple years ago out of Cuba, a, a pitcher. So there isn't – I think that's the hard part too is when you look at this team, you're like, well, maybe there's a guy in A who I could get really excited about or a guy in AAA or someone who's like a top five prospect. They don't have it. And the other thing, Rob, is the draft lottery, the A's are really the first team to get the brunt of Rob Manfred's only real attempt, I guess, at, at convincing teams not to tank, which is the draft lottery, right? We saw the Astros and the Orioles and these other teams who tanked so successfully, the Cubs, um, and were able to get a top two, top three draft pick that could turn their franchise around. The A's don't have that. They had the second worst record two years ago and ended up with the sixth pick in the next year's draft. And by the way, that draft was considered five players deep. And the player they got at number six was Jack Wilson's son, uh, who should be a really good fielding shortstop, but doesn't have any power and isn't considered a top 100 prospect right now. And he was the sixth overall pick. Now they have the worst record last year and they end up with the fourth pick this year. So again, you know, might not get a, a superstar uh, in that spot, depending on how deep this draft is. So it, it's, that's the hard part for the A's is their farm system isn't considered great. And they're kind of getting screwed a little bit on the draft lottery, which is the whole point of it. Um but it's not it's not looking super optimistic over here. So another part of this is we looked at how the fans view it. We look at sort of like inside the players in the clubhouse. You know, you, you show up and you just do the best that you can. And and for the vet, whatever veteran players, you hope you get traded at the deadline. Just be honest. I mean, that's just how it works. And um, and then there's the media side of it, which you and I probably find more interesting than most of the you know, whatever newspapers or outlets don't try. Uh, how many travel? Like how many travel with the team? Any? None. Uh, well, the A's, uh, the A's, MLB.com's writer, I think travels a little bit. Um, the Chronicle last year stopped traveling. Um, the, I said the Bay Area news group, the San Jose Mercury news. We haven't traveled in a couple of years. We don't even have an A's beat writer. Um, I, I do some A stuff, but I'm our general assignment enterprise writer. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's really not much, there's not much media at all. I mean, the the biggest event of the year last year was the reverse boycott. And then everyone showed up and, and ESPN and the athletic and all the people were there for that. But on a typical day over there, it's, you know, there's only a couple of reporters and um, it's, it's a, it's actually not a bad vibe to be around. I'd say it's almost like a, 
it, it's it's warm, right? I mean, the players are, are are they. I think they understand how difficult their situation is, and I don't think they love it, but they seem to love each other. And Kotze certainly has done a great job of kind of keeping them tight and keeping them hopeful and optimistic, even though it's it's really tough. Um, but yeah, from a media standpoint, uh, it's pretty fan over there. Well, and and you when you're talking, I'm thinking about when you and I have both gone into minor league like AAA clubhouses, and. Yeah. There's no media. A lot of times there's no media. And the yeah. players, we go from this dynamic of the major league clubhouse where they're hiding because there's so much media. And you go to the AAA yeah. and you walk in there and it's like they're being rescued from from a, like a, a, on a deserted <laughs> island. And they're yeah. like, oh, like, and they're, I, I mean, I, Jason, I've numerous times. It felt like that when you go into a minor league, to minor league park. And that's sort of probably how it feels. They go. Like, oh, we have someone covered us. Yeah. I'll talk. What do you want to talk about? Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, it, it, it's it's lovely for for a reporter. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's very nice. It, the access is is great. Um, I would say it's a media friendly team for the most part. You know, Cavill never really talks. Uh, obviously, John Fisher never talks. But from a from a player perspective and a clubhouse perspective, you know, the guys are super friendly. There's they, some of them have great stories. It's an interesting place from the perspective of if you're a guy who's kind of a fringe player or a prospect who maybe hasn't panned out, you can still get playing time in Oakland. So, you know, those guys, it's kind of like a Brent Rooker who really struggled his first oppor- few opportunities in the big leagues. And last year comes over uh, and has a dynamite season as an all-star, you know, 30 years old, almost quit baseball a couple of years before. Um, so those are the kind of stories you can see over here. It's just, they would need a ton of those guys to hit to, to be a remotely competitive team right now. And um, I think, I think that's, that's the bigger issue is, um, you know, they could be really nice guys and, and we try to tell their stories and, and a lot of them have good stories, but you know, on the field, they just, not a lot of them have been successful. Who's your opening day starter? Oh gosh. I don't know. I mean, probably Ross Stripling. Right. Ross Stripling might be the, I would guess it'd be Ross Stripling. Who, All right. I mean, this giants. Are, yeah. I think this, this is a good, this is good. We should do like an Oakland A's trivia question for diehard baseball fans. <laughs> So, <laughs> who like, was the opening day starter last year? Do you know? I, I do know. You know. Am I? Are you asking? Yeah, I'm asking. No, I have no you idea. Know. No idea. Yeah, it was uh, the the former Braves prospect they got, Kyle Muller. Okay. Um, and and I think he got sent down. I don't think he even stayed uh, in the yeah. big leagues very long. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's let's spin it to the positive because that's what we're about. Um. Give me – I'm going to lead on you for this. We at Baseball's okay. Boring want to adopt an A's player, and we want to make, we want oh. to help their brand. Their brand is never going to be yeah. hot. So okay. give me give me someone on the team that you know, like has a good personality, is potentially a good player, is, is being buried under all this crap that we talked about, and we're pulling him up. And it can't be Brett Rooker. Brett Rooker's actually come on the podcast. He was great. Um, yeah, he's a good interview. Yeah, he's really he's, nice guy. Papelbon interviewed him because they're both Mississippi State guys, which was a, a treat. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so it can't be Brent Rooker. Give me some. Give me Brent Rooker. Yeah, I mean, I think the the very obvious um, is Zach Eloff. I mean, this guy, the second baseman last year, was just phenomenal. He had he he put together, according to Baseball Reference, two point six WAR last year. 
and 300 plate appearances. He was the most valuable player on the team, and he only played 69 games. So the last two rookies to put together a war that high and 300 plate appearances or fewer were Jeff McNeil of the Mets, who's obviously been a multi-time all-star, really good player, and Matt Olson of the A's, uh, who ended up obviously going to the Braves and, and is a tremendous player as well. So it, the writing's on the wall for Zach Geloff to be a really tremendous player. Um, he's got power. He's got speed. Uh, I, I hope, I really hope that this is the guy that A's fans can can latch on to, that you know, he's not going to be arbitration eligible until – you know, right about when they're going to Vegas. He's not going to be a free agent until 2030. If they do go to Vegas and they do, like they say, they're going to invest once they get to Vegas. They're going to have a competitive payroll once they get to Vegas. You know, this is the kind of guy, if, if he continues playing the way he is, that this could be the franchise player for them for a long time. So I think so, that's, so that's the guy you want to pay attention to. Would it be fair if we say the player that – the best player in Major League Baseball that nobody's talking about, Zach Geloff. Boom. Zach Geloff. Absolutely. There it is. You got it. Congratulations. Yep. You got it. He's coming on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you should get him. Oh, listen, we, 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 we love to give people awards. We love to give people awards. <laughs> Would you move to Vegas? Would I move to Vegas? Definitely not. I know. I, I would like to go to Vegas like three or four times a year. I think – you know, I like playing cards. That's uh, that's a good place to be to, to play some poker. Um, but I don't want to live there. Do you? You want to live there? No, I don't want to live in Vegas. No, <laughs> no, no, it's, no. It's it's even even like the people who live there. Like it, it it's just I w- I wouldn't want to live in Arizona either. No, like it's yeah. too flat. I was just there last week. In Sedona and Grand Canyon, really beautiful. Oh, look yeah, at you. I don't, I don't look think at, I'd want to live look there. At, look, yeah. at, look at you. I was there, too, for the GM meetings. I was attacked by a bunch of javelinas in the doorstep of Joe Kelly. So, Oh, my gosh, really? Oh, yeah. It's, yeah look it up. We saw, we saw it was all over the news. Well. <laughs> all over the news, huh? Was yeah. it really? Yeah. Well, look at that. Yeah. Like, all right. Well, hey, listen, you've educated young minds again. Thank you for that. And um and keep up the good work. Don't let don't let the A's get you down. No, 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 no. We'll hopefully we'll see you out here if the Red Sox are in town and uh, Yeah, that, that's not happening. That's not happening. No no one's going <laughs> All right. much like no one travels from Oakland, no one travels to Oakland either. So <laughs> All but, right. Thanks for having me.